Hello and welcome to the SKY Coaching Podcast. This podcast is for people who are experiencing chronic fatigue syndrome and want to improve their quality of life, to regain their health and to feel like themselves again. I'm a chronic fatigue coach and I want to help you start taking action to live the life you want to live. I keep my podcast short, sweet and helpful as I know energy is limited when it comes to CFS. If at any point you are interested in my coaching service, you can find out more information at www.sunkissedyoga.co.uk. Okay, hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the SKY Coaching Podcast. Um, today I have the lovely Eleanor joining me from Exeter. She's a student in Exeter studying a master's in public health. And the reason I brought her onto the podcast today is because she is a sufferer of chronic illness, which she's going to explain about in a moment. And the actual reason why I brought you on is because I saw your post on Facebook that was talking about going and trying out a pole class, which I want to hear all about. Um, and I'm super interested in how people living with chronic illness kind of navigate that line with exercise and incorporating movement into their lives as a form of rehabilitation, in some cases recovery, um, but just keeping a high quality of life and, and doing the best you can for yourself and your health. So welcome Eleanor and if you wouldn't mind could you just tell us a little bit about you as a human, as a person and then a little bit about your chronic illness, um, how long you've been suffering with that and how it affects you every day. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Um, this is really exciting. I <laughs> love talking about um my experiences because it's like if it can help help someone um or just if anyone's interested, it's always nice to talk about it. Um, so yeah, I'm a, a student studying a master's in public health, um, which is kind of my academic interest, but also because of my sort of experiences um with chronic illness, um, it really helps to like further understand um of what's going on myself so I have um hypermobile Ellis Danlos syndrome which is called I, I kind of abbreviate it to EDS um which is um sometimes easier to, to say yeah. <laughs> um and I think there's something like I don't know 12 13 types of EDS um and hypermobile EDS is kind of the most um common form of it um and it's basically where your like con connective tissue doesn't um kind of work in the same way as as everyone else is so we have connective tissue in like our skin um keeping our like joints together with ligaments and tendons and stuff um and eds is a sort of genetic condition that um basically the gene doesn't work um as it should so the connective tissue kind of yeah isn't it is well it's a bit too stretchy and it and it doesn't necessarily support your body in the way that um that it should and this yeah. can lead to like lots of different um lots of different symptoms uh, kind of the common ones being chronic fatigue um chronic pain whether this is like muscle pain um joint pain um and this can kind of be in like every joint so whether it's big joints like hips and knees or shoulders um down to even like your knuckles and like your toes yeah. and stuff um which is kind of weird when you say to people like yeah my toes are really hurting today and they're like what <laughs> um so yeah, that's kind of the main main things really um, for me. And that's kind of what I struggle with most is the pain um, and the fatigue um, and other things like 
uh, kind of migraine headaches, um, IBS, things like that are kind of associated with it as well. Um, and I, I guess I've been suffering my whole life, really, because um, I remember like one of my earliest memories. Um, it's really sad is me going to the hospital because I was in agony when I was like, I don't know, three or four. Um, mm. And not really knowing what it was at all. Um, and kind of them dismissing me saying yeah it was it's growing pains it'll, you'll just grow out of it it'll be once you stop growing you'll be fine mm. um, which you know I stopped growing when I was 13 so 11 years ago <laughs> and I don't think it's, it's definitely not stopped um, so kind of like during my childhood I was all right I could do I was a very active um, active child like I did lots of sport I was always really um involved with sport like I did competitive swimming running um other things what else did I do like dance all that um and was just a very like active kid um until I was about 12 or 13 when I started getting um, knee dislocations and initially I just thought it was because I was really active and that was just like a freak like incident and it was just an injury um but then when it kept happening um kind of thought okay maybe there's something more going on um mm. and then um kind of a few months later I suddenly um was like rushed into hospital and um went into hospital walking in and then was in a wheelchair for about eight months after that um and bed bound and you know relying on my family for for everything um and it was really difficult like not just physically but also like not being at school and stuff is it's really hard particularly when you're you know a teenager um mm. and, and from being someone that was really active and really enjoyed exercise and sport and being competitive and, and everything and the buzz <laughs> that you get from that um it was really weird to kind of then go to be doing nothing um not out of not out of choice um yeah. kind of after a while managed to like get it under control um for for quite a while and was doing really well I kind of got back into competitive sport sort of in my mid to late teens and was kind of really feeling really good um when I went off to university and like again got involved in lots of different um activities and like was throwing myself into to university life um maybe a bit too much um <laughs> and then sort of towards the end of my undergrad degree I started noticing that I was really struggling again um but this time it was like really hard to shake um and I was like okay something else is really going on um and I don't really know what it is um and then in the kind of last couple of years of being going down the route of um seeking diagnosis or sort of re-diagnosis I guess um because when I was younger nothing was really confirmed um, and then, yeah, last year had the diagnosis of Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome um, from like, I think we'd kind of already always known that it was something to do with my hypermobility and like, you know, I was very flexible as a kid and like initially people were like, that's really cool. And then it starts becoming a problem. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so basically day to day, it's sort of vary so much some days I can do loads and I can kind of look exactly well I say exactly like a normal person that I, whatever that means mm -hmm. um I don't really like using the word normal but I couldn't think of anything else um yeah I kind of 
I do need a walking stick for long distance, well, longer distance walking, um, or if I'm like stood up for any kind of period of time, um, because the like, um, like force of gravity makes the the pain worse. So like with EDS, um, you kind of sensing of positioning and stuff is really hard. So that kind of brings about the pain. So using the walking stick has been really helpful for that. Um, and to also reduce the fatigue side of things as well, because the more I expend energy walking to something, the less I can expend when I'm there and less energy I have when I'm there. Um, I get really bad brain fog, which if I stumble over my words um, <laughs> today, because I've had a busy day, I um, might not make any sense, but that that's a big one for me. Um, and yeah, it, it just fluctuates so much. Some days... I can't get out of bed but other days yeah I can go swimming or I can go and see friends or go to uni whatever um like no problem so it's sort of really difficult to predict really um I always have like underlying pain there's always pain there and there's always levels of fatigue um yeah but yeah it's just a case of like learning each day what that day is going to be like and and sort of trying to be very flexible um Yeah. yeah Oh, thank you so much for sharing a bit more about that. It's really, it's always interesting to hear other people's stories and experiences. And the re- one of the reasons I've made this podcast is because one of the main things that come up when I'm working with people or just talking to people about chronic illness is the feeling of being quite alone and quite isolated and also very misunderstood, I think, because like you've just ex- um, explained, it's constantly changing. Some days you don't even know how you're going to present or feel. Uh, which makes it really hard for you to explain to other people like family and friends and a lot of the time people are like I just can't even be bothered I'm just going to not talk about what's going on with me because I can't really be bothered and it's like a whole new thing one day than it was the other day uh, which can lead to that feeling of isolation so thank you so much for sharing I'm hoping this is going to be helpful for some people um, or a lot of people um, so one of the things that kind of stood out to me when you were talking is that it's almost been kind of progressive since you were a child it's not necessarily getting worse but it's got more apparent how it's affecting your life um so how did it feel for you or how does it feel for you still knowing that there's not necessarily a treatment for your condition um because a lot the I suppose that's the biggest thing with chronic illnesses like being told there's nothing that can be done for you is like okay like what now like <laughs> I just have to live with this Um, And hence why chronic illness is so closely linked with things like depression, anxiety um, and a sense of kind of giving up because there's not a clear path to recovery or at least feeling better um, day to day. Um, So how did that impact you when you first kind of realised that and how do you go about making yourself remain optimistic and positive, I suppose? And I know every day won't be positive, but just generally. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. It's such a good question because it's so hard. And like some days I'll be super positive and other days it'll just feel like there's no kind of end in sight. Um, I guess it my sort of relationship with the chronic illness has changed so much that I think it's a constant battle of like working on your attitude towards it. Um, I think that really changes depending on what stage of life you're in and who you've got around you and like the level of support you've got as well. Um, and I think I'm always 
looking for new things to kind of help me even if it's not necessarily a treatment or a cure or anything because I know that that's not something that is possible um I'm always sort of looking for things that might make my life a little bit more pleasant I think um and that call it like maintaining a good quality of life because um you know it's going to be around for forever and and you know even when I was saying earlier about how it's kind of fluctuated over over time like there's that that's a good thing because it means that you know I know that it's not necessarily going to be like this forever and there might be really good periods of time in the future um but it also prepares me for if there are bad times again because I've already been through that and kind of Mm. come out the other side um it I guess it's knowing that yes there are really bad days but even in the bad days you can like find something something positive or at least know that like you're doing everything you can I think because like just by by kind of understanding the nature of the conditions and like understanding the symptoms and stuff it like you're doing what clinicians do you're doing what healthcare practitioners practitioners do you're kind of becoming an expert in what your body does um and that's quite powerful to have um yeah. and being able to sort of know it as well as you do is quite I it don't know I that like, sense of control I think yeah which... and I quite like that because conditions like this are really difficult to control mm. and anything sort of where there's pain or fatigue or whatever that's stopping you doing things like having some sense of control even if it's just your own understanding of it um mm. is really powerful because sometimes that's all, all you've got to really clutch on to um I do find it difficult when I'm sort of misunderstood uh like the other day I went to a physio who is an expert in chronic pain but he said um we're gonna get rid of this and I was like well I don't really know how that's possible given that it's a sort of it's a genetic condition um the symptoms are gonna be there in some level mm. forever um and I also don't really like that attitude towards it because actually I want to work with my body rather than trying to like remove something um and trying to kind of understand like I'm still getting used to trying to understand you know the fluctuations and stuff rather than if you can completely take it away Mm. then I'm left with kind of having to work out what that's like I don't know if any of this is making sense but you know a hundred percent it's definitely (laughs) making sense and it's a huge it really is a huge part of like the first thing I do with someone when we work together is explain that the majority like the first thing we do I call it the mindset shift and it's not trying to ignore or like um like you've just said pretend like it's not happening or like it's going to go away it's learning how to hold space for yourself and how to even on the hard days like you allow them to be hard days but with things like self-compassion so instead of having a hard day and telling yourself how much you hate yourself and how much you resent yourself and like making it 10 times worse you're just allowing it to be a bad day and then we work on things like gratitude and learning to appreciate your body for what it can do because like learning working on things like gratitude self-compassion 
a lot of like positive affirmations I do which I've got like on the podcast as well explaining all these things they're all kind of the woo-woo little things that don't necessarily make sense because it's not a like you said it's not a treatment it's not a cure but doing all these little changes and having these practices in place allow you to feel a lot more connected to your body and a lot more like you said in control of a situation that you can't control Um, and something as simple as learning more about your disease or your symptoms um, even if they're not controllable at least you have the knowledge of what's going on so it allows you to sit with it and not kind of what I call catastrophize what's going on Um, for example something like brain fog um, because I've been through that myself as well and sometimes I feel like it (laughs) comes back every now and again but it can be super overwhelming if you don't understand what it is so just doing a bit of research for yourself as well like not necessarily always taking um the words of a professional I found that to be really really unhelpful when I was kind of going through my process of recovery because every professional has a slightly different um take on it I found and a slightly different explanation some people told me it would never get better some people told me it would get better and it's like I felt like I was getting whiplash from like what all the information I was getting so I think it sounds very like very yogi and very cliche but listening to your body and following your own kind of intuition through research and like like you've just said learning how you show up every day even if it's completely different I think that's a really good way of um not I don't want to say remaining positive because if anyone's listening to this with chronic illness and is not feeling like they're ever positive I don't want to put that pressure on to make you feel like you have to be but it allows you to be open to possibilities I think and kind of keep your head above the water knowing that you have a bit more control than you than you maybe thought you did yeah yeah I think that's like really important to know that well to to remind people that it, it isn't about feel like enjoying every day or feeling positive every day because there are some days that are crap and you just can't sorry I don't know if I was allowed to swear but like there are just (laughs) there are days where you just feel awful because your symptoms are bad you don't feel like it's going to get any better and you know you've had a run of bad days or whatever but having like a mindset that knows that that's not always going to be the case or at least that it could change I think is is useful because even when I was really really unwell and and couldn't move at all I still had some belief that eventually something would change because I was like it's not always been like this so Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to always be like this and obviously you know that isn't yeah some people are so severely affected by chronic illness that yeah it doesn't feel like there's that possibility but I think trying to yeah come to some level of like understanding and accepting the unknown and the like the fact that it can change and that it does change on a like day-to-day even hour-to-hour basis like yeah and being okay with that which is really hard because <laughs> we're kind of always told to you know plan or like plan ahead you know everything in life is about sort of working towards something or, and you know with chronic illness that's really hard so mm-hmm. accepting the like the unknown and the, the uh, working with the fear of that um is yeah it's important and something that I'm still working through so. yeah it's this a progress like it's 
it is constantly changing and I think that radical acceptance like you've just said like accepting the situation is like number one for me like because if you don't accept it you're always going to be like battling with it and resenting it so accepting and then like you've said like breaking down the limiting beliefs in the I'm never going to get better or I'm always going to feel like this or life is shit whatever kind of breaking those down but still being realistic in that you're not always going to feel great um is huge um so something I wanted to ask you about because obviously I saw your post on poll and a huge part of what I do with people is encouraging yoga and movement obviously there's a really fine line with chronic illness of movement and rest and it's super easy to push the limits but it's my like core belief that exercise like movement is medicine um and it's one of the most powerful powerful things we can do to like reduce stress promote like a healthy immune system and all the rest of it so what's your experience with I don't even want to say exercise like movement like how do you find movement impacts your um condition I'm sure it's different day to day and is it something you enjoy or is it something you resent I think again a really interesting question because my relationship with it with movement and exercise has changed so much over the course of the last few years um as someone that's traditionally loved exercise and loved being busy and and moving and also being quite good at it like as well it was you know doing well at sports like being competitive and stuff I think it's been really hard to like unpack that from what movement actually is um and as soon as that's sort of taken away from you because the pain is so bad or because the fatigue is so bad or you know at even points when I've been so weak my muscles have been so weak because I've not been um you know I've been in bed for so long you know that you can't then think about going to like win a competition or whatever you have to think movement is something completely different and I think unfortunately the way that we're sort of taught about exercise is seen as like it is is about sport and it's about competition rather than how can we move our bodies in a way that's effective that's good for us as well in terms of not going to be producing pain not going to be making patterns of movement that have kind of negative consequences we're not really taught that we're sort of taught to go okay how can we move ourselves in the fastest strongest way possible um so that's been a real kind of important thing for me to sort of try and understand recently I think because I am not happy when I'm not well when I'm stuck in bed or when I haven't been able to leave the house so doing something I like I you know not doing anything was not really a possibility even when things are really bad Mm -hmm. um and I think I've tried so many different things and that's kind of how I've come to find um things that work or at least are working at the moment and I think that's a really key thing as well kind of something that works now might not be something that works in the future or has did work in the past Mm. so I know that um going to the gym and doing kind of a typical strength-based workout whilst it's really good for building um strength for EDS it just flares up my symptoms too much and despite 
that being something that I would like to be able to do it's just not something that I can do regularly if I can go every now and again then that's great but it's not something that I can build into my sort of routine but I know that swimming's really useful because I can still build that strength but in a way that's not going to kind of affect it in quite quite the same way um but also for some reason it feels more positive even if you go into a pool and do like a couple of lengths feels more positive than walking into the gym for five minutes and walking out again (laughs) it feels a bit more like it's like a fun experience and I think that's the main thing like choosing something that you enjoy and it doesn't have to be like a prescriptive movement so everyone thinks like going to the gym is you go there and like you work out okay maybe that's not the right kind of movement for for someone because it doesn't it, it doesn't need to be that does it it needs to just be something that you're getting out and moving in a way that works for yeah you. And that's, that's why I love swimming and I've always loved swimming um but sometimes yeah sometimes I don't have the energy for it because it requires quite a lot of stamina and sometimes I don't have that which is sort of why I chose to start pole because um I used to love dancing and I used to love just like I, I just really wanted to have fun with exercise again. I think I've become so scared of it causing me fatigue, causing me pain. Um, and I really didn't want to do some to choose something that I was gonna be scared doing. Um mm. so I was like, okay, well it looks everyone that I've seen do it for and seen on social media or heard people talk about it, and they said they just have a really good time. And surely that's a really good place to start because one of the things with chronic illness is that yeah sometimes things can feel rubbish so going to something that most people have a really you know enjoyable time doing is probably going to be a good place to start um and I also really enjoyed the fact that everything around all of the advertising around it was we are inclusive of everyone every body type every condition every ability um and they'd done something for I think it was like disability history month or something that you know it just stood out to me as something that I wasn't going to be different from other people for having a chronic illness for using a walking stick I wasn't going to be seen as an other and I think with exercise with movement that's so important because my movement is going to be very different from other people's but that's okay because actually it's an individual thing where I'm learning different moves building up strength and that'll just take the time that it takes me I might not do something in you know the same space of time that someone else does but it's just my own journey with it and that's I guess the same as me kind of navigating my journey with my chronic illness and I think that's what's been so nice about it that because everyone's at different different stages with it and I imagine coming from your quite competitive background as well that was a really hard shift to make because it is moving from I want to be the best or do the best I can to actually maybe feeling completely different about yourself and I know based off what other people have said as well going to a group class can feel super intimidating it can cause a lot of anxiety because for all you know you could have like a flare-up in the middle of the class or get such bad brain fog that you literally just need to sit down or leave and it 
it creates a lot of anxiety and then it makes you resent going out and doing trying new things which is like trying new things is one of my favorite things to do in life and something I really encourage people to do because it can be a form of empowerment and I'm hoping like based on what you've said pole is now quite empowering for you um because you're learning the limits of your body and hopefully feeling good as well while you're doing it like just for like appreciate your body for what it can do in that moment um so yeah I think that's super valuable advice is finding something that's inclusive Tent, like my my biggest thing was yoga and the the reason for that was it's completely non-competitive you can do it at home like if you if you want to it's super easy but you can also go to a class and hopefully you will find one that is very inclusive and suitable for you um so yeah I think finding a form of movement and not even labeling it as exercise when recovering or going through chronic illness is literally one of the key things um because it's not just for the physical either is it it's the mental benefits that come with doing some form of movement you know you get the endorphin release which if nothing else just makes you feel good uh, oh <laughs> are you back yeah sorry hello I think it was my wi-fi sorry <laughs> yeah it just stopped and then I was like I don't know if um <laughs> come back on <laughs> no it's fine I think um I can just edit it so that okay. it fits together um I did forget what I was saying though <laughs> I think you're talking about um movement movement and <laughs> like being competitive and how yoga yeah yeah I mean yoga was my form of recovery and I literally preach it as it's it's a thematic movement I don't know if you've I'm sure you've heard of it it's basically like a very internal practice so it helps you a move your body like for the physical but it's so you can do it at like the most basic level like I remember when I was really struggling with my fatigue I would literally just lie on my mat that would be my yoga and some days I would cry like I would just take a moment to like notice how my body was feeling and some days I really didn't like that feeling but there's this tendency when we have chronic illness to like dissociate from our bodies and resent our bodies and not not want to be in them pretty much because some days it is so painful or I don't know you're having like a low you're like your lows have coincided so you're having like a low body image day you're having flare-ups and we dissociate which is then linked to even lower mood like depression anxiety like all of that um, and yoga for me was a way of not allowing myself to hate my body too much and like you said kind of learn its limits and learn to appreciate it for what it is going through and also knowing knowing that your body is always working with you and always trying to heal I think is a really important lesson for chronic illness because we have a tendency to think your body is like working against you and then this leads to like a negative mindset and like no self-compassion just resentment and kind of like an internal battle um and yeah me, for me it was yoga that really helped me through that but like you just said it's finding something that works for you whether it's swimming or pole um I guess there are some forms of exercise that aren't I mean going to the gym is great but I think the environment as well like the environment of being in a gym usually it's very kind it's competitive but also just quite aesthetic space and less about kind of well-being I think but that's my experience with most gyms I mean I still like to go to the gym sometimes but 
yeah, I think it's really valuable to find something that works for you. And also learning that exercise or movement isn't just like a, um, it doesn't just have physical benefits. You know, so many, there's so many reasons to exercise for your mental health, emotional health. Um, and if you're like really in a low at the minute, maybe a little bit of movement is exactly what you need, even if it's just a five minute walk. Yeah, I totally agree. I think body image has become something I've been more aware that I think about. I think once my, like when my symptoms are bad, um, I think most, you know, when I'm feeling good, I don't even, I rarely think about it. Um, and I sort mm. of just go, um, go about my day. But yeah, the, the lows often do coincide. And then you're wanting to, you're wanting a quick fix and you're wanting to sort of um, find some, find an easy route out of of the negative thinking and the physical like negative f- physical symptoms um and yeah trying to find something that you can maybe do a little bit of even when things are really bad I think that's been really important to me and yeah that is often like I know that in my worst health times I was able to get into a swimming pool I didn't really do anything other than float around but I did something Mm. um you know I had to use voice I had to use like my parents had to hold you know hold on to me or whatever but actually I was still able to to go and move and I think yes that is sometimes really hard to like think about and to even sort of want to do when things are really bad but it is possible um, and I think that's that's been something that I've had to like work towards kind of thinking okay I am feeling really bad but e- will I still be feeling bad even if I don't do anything if you know am I going to still be in pain if I stay in bed or could I be in pain doing something that's that's going to help um, even mm-hmm. if it just helps my mood and like you know that's that's just as important so mm. uh, yeah the pain's probably still going to be there regardless of of what I'm doing and that's how I'm trying to to kind of view it obviously the the fatigue side of things is a lot harder with that but but in terms of the pain I think it's still going to be there whether I'm in bed or I'm yeah that's a really important lesson I think that's a really good way of looking at it and also just having the knowledge as well that movement the kind of the reaction that happens in your body when you do a bit of movement when endorphins are released that can sometimes act as like a natural painkiller so you're like you've just said you can either lie in bed and be in pain or you can move and be in pain with the slight chance that you might actually feel better those are like the kind of two options um yeah I really like that and so on the on the fatigue then because that's kind of my area fatigue side of things because that's what I tend to work with people um who are struggling with that the most it is and the thing with chronic fatigue or just fatigue in general it can be either like in and of itself or it's usually the side effect of something else like yourself it's it's um comes off the back of other things so with fatigue my question to you is how do you find the balance of doing something and then not overdoing it I remember so many times like overdoing it because I wanted to do something but then ending up spending days even weeks in bed like suffering off the back of that but then I think when you're looking at improving fatigue or in some cases recovering there comes a time where you have to push your boundaries and you know because they're going to change and fluctuate each day so how do you kind of navigate that um 
how do you how do you handle chronic fatigue um again like like all of this it's it's a sort of constant learning uh learning curve really Learn, like I'm always learning and relearning how it affects me and how much I can do um I think my like the biggest breakthrough I've had with it is be, not being scared um of you know if I do overdo things and having to be in bed for a while or having to cancel lots of things or have changed things up because that's probably going to happen and it's probably going to happen you know forever or until you recover or what you know whatever the kind of natural course of of the condition is it's probably going to happen regardless of whether you do something overdo something or whatever and the most useful thing for kind of knowing how to manage fatigue is the feedback from trying stuff out. So mm-hmm. I know that, and I probably should have paid attention to this today, but um, I know that if I exercise sort of halfway through, if I, you know, if I do a session at pole or I go swimming halfway through the day or sort of early afternoon or any any time before about five o'clock in the afternoon I will probably not get much done um for the rest of the day because I've kind of used up all my all my energy in one go um and I really struggle to do much after that so like that was you know that's something that I've learned through trial and error through sort of yeah working it out over time um, and I think that's the best way with fatigue. It's really, it, it can be frustrating because obviously, you know, you might want to try something new or just try something that you used to do all the time. Um, and sometimes, yeah, like it might affect you um, badly, but knowing how much of something affects, like I'm trying to think of a good like analogy, I guess it's like a dose response really, because, you know, you know that if you take more, medication is going to have a stronger effect well in this sort of in a fatigue situation the more you you know the bigger the thing you do the more it's going to take out of you so learning what that response looks like and actually just trying it because you might be able to do more than you you think that you can I, I don't mm-hmm. know if any of that made sense but yeah you could surprise yourself and I yeah. think it's that could lead them, you know, more enjoyment or a sense of empowerment, which is hugely underrated generally. But, but when you're experiencing chronic illness, it can, you know, really make a big difference to the way you feel about yourself and your abilities. And I think the, a big turning point for me when I was going through chronic fatigue was that learning, it's not just that my body doesn't work or it's lazy or it's just not, it's just broken it's you literally don't you either don't have enough energy or all your energy is going into healing and keeping your body functioning like things like breathing brain function digestion like these all take a huge amount of energy every day and we only have so much so like out of your 100% energy every day but I think it's between 50 and 80% go on your like metabolic processes in your body so then if you're spending a big amount on healing and stuff like that as well, you're not going to have much energy left for, you know, going out and doing a run or whatever it is you might like doing. So I think having a bit of compassion and again, linking it back to the fact that on the days you do feel really tired, 
your body's trying to heal and it's trying to protect you it's not just not working um was a huge a huge realization for me which allowed me to rewire my mindset and I think self-compassion is such a huge important part of healing and creating that more uh, that higher quality of life because as soon as you start talking to yourself like a sack of shit then like lots of negative health correlations come to that and the stress of feeling like like crap about yourself is going to make your immune system lower with stress and then that's going to make you more vulnerable to other diseases or making your disease even worse um so that's that I think that's like an overarching thing is like having self-compassion and I like what you said about testing your boundaries as well like just maybe accepting that there's a bit of trial and error here yeah I think that's it all kind of the compassion side of things also links in with that really I guess because you you know things might not always go to plan or you might overdo things but being okay with that being accepting that okay that's my limit that's what um you know that's a bit too much and that that's Mm. all right that's just your body being like no maybe not today maybe this isn't for me um right now and everyone regardless of whether they have chronic illness has a limit of of what their body is able to do Mm. um and it's just that people with chronic illnesses that's a different limit um and that limit can change day to day so yeah having that compassion that knowing that it's okay that that's that's the limit of what you're able to do um which is really hard because it's frustrating but um but yeah knowing that that that's all right um yeah a step to being able to move forward with it I think often Um, I think so and I call it I call it like imperfect action so like naturally we're all perfectionists and we want to do the absolute best we can do and the most we can do and if we can't do you know a a 40 minute swim doing like 50 lengths then we may as well not bother at all when actually like you pointed out just going in for five minutes just for the mental health boost and maybe a little bit of physical movement if you do that consistently that's going to add up to 40 minutes over the course of however long and doing that rather than doing nothing and becoming kind of a victim in your mind is so much more powerful and kind of the idea of compounding interest and I think when it comes to things like the thought of recovery long term for some people or at least maintaining a high quality of life for other people, that little and often is so much more important than the all or nothing. Like I'm, yeah. if I can't do a full gym workout, then I may as well not bother. It's like, well, maybe just do a little home 10 minute body weight circuit or whatever. Um, so that, yeah, I call it imperfect action rather than perfect action is something really good to focus on with chronic illness yeah I think that's like something that I've really had to to break down because I used to have the attitude when I was really well I had the attitude of okay well if I'm not exercising for at least an hour um Mm. that's that's not good enough like I'd go I used to do a lot of rowing and I you know we'd go and sometimes we'd just be doing short sprints so you wouldn't actually be rowing for very long um and for some reason I'd be then like okay and now I need to go to the gym after that because mm. it's not enough not enough exercise um because I was wanting to do it perfectly I was wanting to you know achieve the maximum that you could which yeah obviously after a while my body went no that's not how we want to do things yeah. that's not 
that's not okay um and yeah kind of re reframing that has been really difficult because even though my body's like no that's not what we want to do my brain's going ah but you still want to be really good you still want to do everything perfectly um mm. so I think that's like a, a constant battle I think um which yeah is is really difficult to get to the to the bottom of but um something that I'm sort of willing to willing to work on for the sake of wanting to just enjoy moving again um and yeah I love that and I think like you pointed out it's it's not just the case of people who are chronically ill like people so I do I work with people as well who are like just busy and they can't fit much exercise into their life and it's it's again the idea of imperfect action because you know on the days where you can't do as much as you want to just doing a little bit is better than doing nothing but also you know getting into a, a good habit of doing a little bit of something when you can the chances are when you do a little bit you'll probably do more than than what you think you do like yeah. if I if I sit down to do five minutes of yoga when I'm short on time I usually end up doing about 20 minutes to half an hour just so I get into it and I'm like oh and then it's this feeling of like oh I've done way more than I thought I did and it's like an accomplishment and a sense of purpose which is also really hard with chronic illness because you sometimes feel like you don't have much sense of purpose um especially if you're kind of in the phase of I don't know maybe you're in hospital or out of hospital um on like sick pay or have to like drop out of uni or whatever it is for you you kind of lose your sense of direction and purpose in life which having a sense of purpose like loads of research has shown it's directly linked to your happiness and your overall sense of fulfillment so I think finding purpose in like the little things and in just being able to move every day is very powerful as well yeah okay so the last question I wanted to ask you is what would your I feel like we've kind of gone over this but what would your three biggest tips be for someone who's going through a really low moment with their chronic illness feeling alone frustrated and quite hopeless what would three tips you either like practices or just like tips for the mental health what would what would you do and what would you advise um I guess this this sounds really simple but and it is actually quite hard to do but get all the help you can so whether you need to use mobility aids if that's something that you know affects your so if the fatigue side of things affects your condition or um you know like anything that helps in order for you to live more comfortably get it just get your hands on it because even if it's something that you use a little bit or you know you you try it and it doesn't really work it's something that you've tried and particularly in the like world of chronic illness you don't really get a lot of support kind of medically so anything that whether that's like something like a tens machine or you know just like hot water bottles anything that's going to make you more comfortable and that might mean that you can do a little bit more um try it and that's how I've sort of reached a happy medium of being able to do a little bit more because I was like okay well I might need to use a walking stick but that allows me to have the energy to to get around um and to maybe spend a little bit more time at uni or a little bit more time exercising whatever um because before that I wasn't able to do any because I was using so much energy on on that so yeah get as you know get all of the help the tips the sort of 
the aids that are available, um, the weird, the wonderful, whatever. Um, I guess my second piece of advice is like, it sounds really weird, but you're not alone. Like it, you're not, there's probably someone who's feeling exactly the same as you and try and connect with them, whether it's someone that has the same condition or just is really struggling with, um, you know, motivation to exercise or mood or whatever it is. Um, you know, there are people out there that are posting things about this on Instagram or on TikTok or whatever. People are talking about it and actually the conversation is getting so much better than it was sort of 10, 10 11 years ago when I was first um, kind of going through these sorts of things. It was all sort of forums on on websites that were kind of quite insular and they didn't really have there wasn't much hope but there's a lot of people who are talking about what they can do with their chronic illness but also the realities of, of what they're going through but but also the positive things um and that's been really helpful as well knowing that you know other people are going through it but they're also finding finding their good in kind of in things when they can mm-hmm. um and yeah I guess my third one's kind of something that I've already said but just try and do things that are fun because a lot of the time when you're in pain when you're fatigued when you know your IBS is flaring and you felt like you've been on the leave forever or whatever it is you know that's that's going to get you down and you shouldn't be annoyed about that because it's just totally like you know you can predict it can't you if, if you're feeling if you're feeling shit you're gonna feel even more shit mentally as well um so yeah. choosing to do something that's fun that's gonna get you feeling like a different like feeling like yourself again um in some that's way a huge that's- huge thing I think people always say to me I just don't feel like myself like I it's almost like you have to grieve your old self and I mean we've been speaking about exercise a lot but I you know if you don't feel like exercising it could be something like baking a cake or something yeah something that just helps you be a bit more present and enjoy the process and just take you out of your head one thing that it's yeah unrelated to exercise I used to love um I was very musical growing up and I had sort of gone okay well I can't do that because that's another thing that's going to drain me of energy I was like okay I could go to choir like once a week and go for an hour and that's fine so once I started doing that again I was like hey this is giving me the same sort of energy as maybe doing something more competitively because we're performing but Mm. it's something within my energy limits that I can that I can do and I can enjoy it and I feel I get that buzz from it um and I think yeah anything like that anything that makes you feel kind of less like a patient I think Mm. particularly when it's something that's long term um when you can feel normal (laughs) um yeah that that's that's always that's always helpful and whether that's just like reading or yeah yeah oh well thank you for sharing that I really think that'll be helpful for a lot of people because yeah the I think the number one message I get is 
I okay. I used to be so fit or I used to be able to do this now I can't and it's it's kind of realizing that okay maybe you're not exactly like you used to be but you can get the same feeling like that's a yeah a huge thing that I try and point out to people um so thank you so much for sharing that I feel like this podcast is going to be so helpful for a lot of people so I'm really grateful for you coming on and maybe in a few weeks or months we could do like a little part two if you want to come back on um and I'll think of some more questions for you because they're endless with chronic illness <laughs> <laughs> yeah thank you I hope people have appreciated my my rambles um um yeah my my brain fog moments uh, I just I oh. guess the <laughs> final thing I wanted to say is I hope that no one feels that this has been preachy like I know when I was in the depths of feeling terrible if someone had even spoken to me about exercise I would have probably Mm. cried um but I hope that you can take from this that you know there's there's a wealth of people that want to find things to help you and there's a lot of a lot of kind of exploring that's going on when you have chronic illness and hopefully this is something that even if now isn't the time for someone to go through their sort of journey with exercise that hopefully in the future they'd be happy to kind of pick it up again um yeah it's not always easy to hear stuff exercise when you're feeling feeling bad but actually you know you can come back to it if you're feeling a bit better um and yeah hopefully that that reassures some people yeah I'm glad you said that because as I always say to people like yoga was how I recovered I'm like that was after I'd spent about three months just lying on the sofa like literally not doing anything and it wasn't yeah it was literally like I said lying on a yoga mat like hence why I try and always say movement rather than exercise but yeah it's that holding space for when when you are feeling like shit allow yourself to feel like shit you don't have to fight it you don't have to feel guilty feeling bad like you're completely within your rights because sometimes chronic illness is just shit like but it's okay (laughs) I think I think you summed it up perfectly um and yeah I really appreciate what you're doing with working with people um to help them feel more like themselves (laughs) as always thank you so much for listening if you feel like you could use some support and practical advice on how to recover from chronic fatigue syndrome, then I am always happy to have a chat. You can find me on Instagram at SKY underscore coaching underscore.